Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Down goes Pittsburgh. That is right. Welcome to the Bernie Network Podcast post-game victory pod. Brian, throw all your notes out. Stats don't matter. Breakdowns don't matter. We got the dub in Pittsburgh. Crack it open. Ah, There we go. Two things I don't do. Wear jerseys and drink during the week, and I'm doing both right now. My boy is wasted on his couch right now. I've got my white, of course, my white Clinton Portis jersey on, white on white. Oh, my gosh. I can't, I'm sitting here, we're now, what, maybe an hour after. I cannot believe that just happened. Uh, This is unreal. We talked about the pregame show, all these ways to win, and it's like nothing mattered in this game. So many things went wrong for, for us, like off the bat with Gibson going down. I was like, there is no way we're going to win this game. Offense wasn't doing anything. Typical Washington football, first half of the game. But Brian, second half, Washington came through in Heinz Field. Defense came up so big this game. Let's talk about it. First half. It was slow. Big Ben was carving us wide open. What adjustments do you think we made in the second half to slow down Big Ben? There was some drops. That certainly helped. But defensively, what did you see second half where we just started feasting and causing havoc to get this done? Look, I I think, like you said, they're a second-half team. And it seems like they're really confident in what they call. It seems like those coaches are really confident in the game plan they have out there. And it's just tweaking minor things. But they've talked about it all game long, at least all second half long on the broadcast, that the way they rushed with four guys, and they were hell-bent on doing that, just rushing with four guys. They weren't going to blitz. They weren't going to put themselves in bad situations. Jack Del Rio stuck to his game plan, and it paid off, and it paid off in a huge, huge, huge way. Uh, I mean, we, we – I feel like we've just kind of talked about that they're a second-half team, like they've improved from first to second half each week, but they really are a second-half team. I mean, unbelievable. They weren't doing anything, like you said, uh, and the fact that they come out there and and they turn it around like that, unbelievable. Uh, I still can't get over and you're right, the adjustments were just unreal. I hope all the Chase Young defense haters – we're watching the game today because they say, oh, you know, there's no sacks, blah, blah, blah. Still no sacks this game. None. Big Ben hasn't been sacked in like eight seasons. Something stupid. Like, it's crazy. Right. But you still see what Sweat and Deron Payne, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Kerrigan, everybody was just getting to him, causing pressure in the tips. Montez yeah. Sweat. We've seen it a little bit. And then Thanksgiving with the pick six. And then today he had like, what, probably three tips. He almost picked one off again. Montez Sweat is, he's going to the Pro Bowl, right? He's got to go. I mean, got to. And, and you know, 
I want to give credit to Montez Sweat because that dude is working his butt off. The fact that he is making an improvement uh, this quickly from year one to year two. But is there another guy that's benefiting more from Chase Young and Jack Del Rio than Montez Sweat? I mean, you add in the fact that he's just he's a beast, he's a freak athletically. But the fact that they're they're honing in on ninety nine so much, they they kind of forget that number ninety is a, a beast in him on his own on the other side and. He's shown it this year. You're right. If he doesn't get a Pro Bowl, it's it's uh, it's criminal. If I told you before this game that Gibson would only have two carries and he would get hurt and that Terry McLaurin would only have 14 yards catching, what do you think the score would be? I mean, you you got to think they lose by two touchdowns at the at the minimum. Yeah, at the minimum. minimum. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at like a 48-3 game at that point. And like we talked about, before the game, first off, this made me so mad. They're saying, who's the comeback player of the year? Alex Smith, Ben Roethlisberger. And I put the tweet out. Ben Roethlisberger had, like, a freaking hangnail on his hand. Alex Smith had his leg completely demolished, almost lost his life. Came out, went to Heinz Field. Terry McLaurin, I mean, realistically, the Not Steelers game plan... Yeah, the game plan is 100% Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. As soon as Gibson goes down, you literally only have to worry about Terry. Which you t- you tweeted out, and I was like, exactly. They were going to go after Terry. They were going to go after Antonio. They were going to make other guys beat them, and we had to know that going in. And the fact that Washington was able to, to fight through that was unreal. And not to mention, you mentioned the leg that we all know about. It looked like Alex Smith was about to bleed out of the other leg <laughs> tonight. I mean, unbelievable. He's taking bullets on the field. That was that was a lot of blood. Like, I was yeah. concerned. That was a lot of blood. Thanks, Chase Roulier, for stepping on. Maybe that's what we needed. Maybe Alex said, look, beat me up a little bit, shed some blood, and I'm going to start throwing this dart through 46 passes tonight. Almost hit another 300 burger. He was right up there with Ben, had a higher average, no turnovers, no interceptions. That, that's exactly what you want from Smith. And you know, we said in our pregame show, if he throws like over 30-something passes, we don't win this game. But it's crazy because once Gibson does go down, literally your only backs are McKissick and Barber. And we know what Barber is. We know he's a 1.6 average. That's exactly what he had tonight. That's the kind of running back he is. Right. If it's third and inches, fourth and inches, give it to him. But if it's second and 10 he's not getting the ball so for him to go down and for Alex Smith to step up stamp it Alex Smith comeback player of the year if this game didn't do it then there's no hope for the NFL and whoever votes for that award I honestly and it was kind of like a not a joke but maybe just an exaggeration I mean you really got to think about renaming the award after him the fact that this dude almost lost like we said, his life almost lost his leg, and the fact, and now that he goes in and ruins a perfect season for the Steelers, like uh, they should rename it tonight. Uh, unbelievable, the fact that he he went out there against a defense that all they do is hit the quarterback, and all they did tonight was hit him over and over and over again. It felt like in in big situations. Um, yeah, I can, you know, that's maybe an underrated thing that we're going to talk about tonight. Obviously, the defense was unreal. Obviously, Cam Sims showed up and made some huge plays. J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas, but Alex Smith, the fact that he went out there and, like you said, threw it more than he probably should be throwing it, went toe-to-toe with an undefeated team and won. I mean, unbelievable. And we have to talk about the guys who did step up. 
Like we said, Terry Steelers did an excellent job first off. There was a couple passes, you know, there's probably two he could have caught, but still, Steelers just did a phenomenal job. I mean, shout out to them. Their defense, we knew, you know, they were second overall in the league. We knew what what to expect. We talked about, you know, how um, Dupree went down, but T.J. Watt was still T.J. Watt. The secondary was still on point, but man, Cam Sims and Logan Thomas. First off, both of them had crazy one-handed catches. Yeah. Cam Sims clutch. We call him Silky Sims, but he might be clutch Cam because before halftime and at the end of the game, he stepped up when we needed him the most. Is training camp Cam finally regular season Cam? I, I mean, you got to give him, you got to give him more opportunities. The fact that he's making plays in the biggest of situations, I mean, just kind of rewinding a little bit, the touchdown against New York. I mean, you know, the one-handed catch. All he does is make a big play in a big moment. Give me that guy every week. Give him a, give him four or five balls a week. I, I mean, he's earned it at this point. You're absolutely right. The training camp guy that hasn't really translated to the field uh, for however many years now. I mean, maybe he's making and carving out and demanding a role in this offense, and I'd be perfectly okay with it because all he does is show up in big situations, and you got to think that that's just going to continue to happen as he gets more mature and has more opportunities. And Logan Thomas, I mean, we've been talking about it. Is he a tight end one? Is he a tight end two? I mean, it's it's hard to sit here and say he's not a tight end one after this game. And it's dangerous. If we do draft another tight end, imagine him being a tight end too. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, the fact that he's doing this as the only tight end, and no offense to Hemingway and Sprinkle. No, all the offense to Sprinkle. First yeah, off, disclaimer, to... I'll put the offense. I'll take the full credit for the offense. Well, yeah, exactly. The fact that he is the legitimately the only option at tight end you're right. If they add in, let's say, let's dream big and say Kyle Pitts, or let's oh. say they they add a guy in the off season that's a that's a playmaker, and he's a tight end too. Can you imagine having a game plan for two uh, legit tight ends on the offense? I mean, that's like that's basically what Tom Brady did his entire time in New England. Just had two tight ends all the time. Can you imagine if Washington gets to that point? Um, I, I had to remind myself, I was looking it up during the game, I was like, please don't tell me that Logan Thomas is only on a one-year deal. And he's not. We got one more year of this, which okay. makes me so excited. And if you told me in September that I'd be excited about having <laughs> multiple years of Logan Thomas, I would have thought I was crazy. Um, but yeah, he's, he was unbelievable, and he had a career day on the, on the biggest of stages. I mean, we needed, like we said, with Terry being out, we just needed someone to step up. We had literally everything going against us. But defensively, like we said, Ben Roethlisberger was carving early. I mean, he was making ridiculous throws. To be honest with you, I haven't watched a lot of the Steelers games this year. But, man, Big Ben, like you, from the injury that he did have coming back, yes, it was a pretty bad injury. But, dude, he still got it. Mm-hmm. He looked too good tonight. I mean, we saw what some of the young guys did. James Washington, Deontay Johnson, Ebron, oof, he, he had a rough game. He had a couple of good catches, but, man, he had some big drops too. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster held him to only 28 yards defensively. Yeah, it, Go ahead. I was going to say, Juju had a weird game. I think he had like seven or eight catches for under 30 yards. I mean, yeah. that's that. 
that's weird. If you were another thing, if you were going to tell me that Juju had seven catches, I would have told you that he went for at least one fifty <laughs> and two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that they held him in check for the most part, except for maybe the the James Washington touchdown, they were yeah. tackling well. Uh, but yeah, just uh, unbelievable. Yeah, Juju, when you're throwing your helmet on the first drive of the game, that's not a good sign. <laughs> like, yeah. That was a sign of things to come, but still, um, like you said, we tackled well except for that one touchdown. Um, and that's the thing, like, and people will, like, roast our defense all the time and say, like, our def- there's no way our defense is, like, fourth overall because we give up all these touchdowns and big plays. and But, like, we didn't do that this game. We gave up a couple big plays. But we bend it, but we didn't break throughout the whole game. Like, third and long, you're like, oh my gosh, they picked up another, another third down. And then when it mattered the most, we talked about it previous show, the red zone, and when the, when the field got short, you have to get the stops, and they did. Only three points in the second half for Pittsburgh. I can't tell you how impressive that is, first off, this defense. I mean, just stepping up, making big plays. If you had one MVP on defense this game, who was it? Who? You got to think about all the big plays. Chase Young uh, getting Benny Snell like he did. I know. Off the top rope. Yeah, I know. He comes out (laughs) of nowhere, it seems like, two or three times a game and makes a play on on a running back that you wouldn't believe. Another one, just real quick, before we get to the MVP – Another play that I think is going to go uh, overlooked was the play that him and DeShazer Everett made on Juju on the sideline to prevent a first down yeah. uh, oh, yeah. at the end of the first half that allowed them to get into field goal range, get the ball back, getting back into field goal range. The fact that Chase Young, at however big he is, is running sideline to sideline and chasing down Juju Smith-Schuster, just unbelievable. Uh, so... It, it, um, Man, yeah, Chase Young making plays in the backfield. I think I'm going to go underrated. I'm going to give it to an underrated MVP. I'm going to give it to Deron Payne. I, I saw him just impacting the inside, uh, you know, the interior of the offensive line. Saw him bat down at least one or two, um, make some plays where it looked like the running back was going to take off, and he all of a sudden was there. Um, I think this guy's going to go down with maybe like 45 tackles on the season, which is like. That's a pretty crazy, not that good stat. But the, just the impact that he makes on that defensive line, on the interior, uh, it's unbelievable. And honestly, if Aaron Donald, you know, there's some dominant defensive linemen. If a guy like Aaron Donald didn't exist, we'd probably be talking about Deron Payne being right up there with the best defensive tackles in the league. And he showed it tonight, and so I'm going to give him the MVP, just the fact that he, uh, it's not going to show up in the stat sheet, and it's not going to show up in tackles for loss but just the the impact plays that he made were unreal for this defense i can't be mad at you with that because honestly i don't know if you saw but also tweeted this deron Payne and jonathan allen they're both really good at it they are so good at getting off their blocks in the run game they'll stay in their blocks stay squared up with them and as soon as they see where the running back's going they cut off their block fill in that hole and their their run defense is phenomenal that's what but like you said, that doesn't really show up on the stat sheets, but it does. Pittsburgh, 14 carries for 21 yards, averaging 1.5 yards a carry. That is terrible. That, that's absurd that, you know, with a with a team that just always has cranked out running backs, I mean, going back to Jerome Bettis, Willie Parker, Le'Veon Bell, the fact that they always 
make it a point to run the ball to hold them to 21 yards is that doesn't even make sense to me it's unbelievable and you're right it speaks to Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and that's such a good point that we say it doesn't show up on the stat sheet but these are showing up on the stat sheet that is all those guys in the middle clogging up those holes and allowing nothing to happen yeah I mean Pittsburgh will say well we didn't have Connor well we didn't have Antonio Gibson Right, and we still didn't have much rushing yards. We had forty-five rushing yards. This was the game, and you saw it later on in the game how we talked about early in the season. Your running game is going to be the short passes. We saw McKissick having his success later on in the game. Those checkdowns turning him into eight-yard gains, ten-yard gains, picking up first downs. I mean, I think you found the formula. J.D. McKissick followed you on Twitter. J.D. McKissick has a great game. Washington beats Pittsburgh. Do you think they go hand-in-hand? Coincidence? I think not. I mean, I just want to point that out. 1-0 since... uh, Okay, so we're 1-0 since you talked to Jason Wright. Who, by the way, asked us and said, you know, guys, we see y'all tweeting about the All-Whites. I want to let you know it's coming. He didn't say when. Literally the next week, my man follows up. We got ourselves a real president. So I, so he kind of snuck that in on that that call. He he mentioned it. It made me think that it was coming, but I did not think it was coming the very next game. Yep. The white on white was the such biggest a game great, of the season. Yeah, and but you're right. So we're one and zero since you talked to Jason Wright. We're one and zero since JD McKissick follows me on Twitter. I mean, these aren't. I don't know. I don't know. You, 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 you guys be the judge. Maybe it's Burgundy Network podcast that's bringing all this good juju. For <laughs> oh, stop. It's too soon. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. We still want him, right? Ooh, that's that's a pod that's gonna have to wait. Another yeah, we'll thing. Have to wait. Another thing that we haven't said yet. I'm gonna go ahead and say it because we got the dub. I was gonna wait until I got my shirt. But screw it, everything's off the table right now. First win since picking up a new sponsor. Didn't even tell Brian I was going to do that. So, big news. This is totally going off script, but I don't care. We don't have a script anyways. Do we have a script? I haven't written, no. I haven't written anything down all the whole time we've been... Uh, partners here. So if we had a script, I knew <laughs> if nothing If you saw that. my desk, it literally <laughs> looks like a mad scientist and all these notes, like, trying to find, like, some formula that doesn't exist. And Brian's just chilling on the couch in the old Clinton Porter's jersey drinking a beer with no notes. On a Monday so, night, what a irresponsible... What an irresponsible... I know, I open anyway, in the morning. Continue, sorry. Yeah, I'm not even worried about it. I open in the morning. I probably won't sleep tonight. But the new sponsor, 500 Level. If you follow Julie Donaldson, you've seen their products. She posts all the time, all the cool shirts. I don't have like an ad and stuff to sell you. We're just telling you. Like We'll start that next week. But these guys are awesome. Have some of the best shirts for all sports teams, first off. Your favorite yeah. teams, favorite players, wrestling. There's music, like musicians. I'm waiting for a little Uzi shirt because I'm definitely going to get that. But I ordered my Terry shirt. It's coming. If you see I'm, Julie's always repping her Chase Young shirt. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'm going Chase Young with my first one. And like you said, being an Atlanta guy, uh, if there are any of my friends that have are listening just to give me support down here in Atlanta, they got Falcons, they got everything. 
I was looking at the uh, the website the other day. Just a really cool site, um, and they really they hone in on the players. It seems like yeah. they hone in on the players, and they're about the players. And so you got Chase Young, Antonio Gibson, all all they the guys. Have seen them all. They have some old old players, yeah. current players. Like I said, wrestling. I was like, what? Like MLB, NBA. I got a John Rand jersey too. I didn't tell you that. Nice. Love John Rand, rookie of the year. So check out 500 level, it's 500 level on Instagram and uh, 500level.com. Like I said, go to Julie's page. You can see the uh, Chase Young jersey she was sporting. Reach out to her, trying to do a little collab, a little, a little get That's together right. to 500 level, all 500 level pod or something. Yeah, a little, a little ad, a little read or something like that. So check that out. Super stoked. I'm gonna reach out to them. Like y'all have to get Montez Sweat like a fly swatter hand. Sure. Yeah, just just an idea. Maybe what's like, our what's our code again? Is it BNP twenty? Yeah, that right? that's the code BNP twenty. Get twenty percent off shirts. Christmas is coming up, so I mean, share the love, share the wealth. Don't buy them that tacky sweater from Kohl's. No offense, Kohl's. Even if you got Kohl's cash, five hundred level dot com. Get them a shirt with Washington on there because this team is headed in the right direction. Brian, eleven and one. That just looks so good. I'm looking at ESPN right now, and that one is just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't take it away. I mean, we can say that they. I saw. I don't know if you saw Field Yates's tweet. I saw was, Greenberg. Yeah, I mean, Greeny. just given given the Steelers an excuse uh, for playing on a short week. Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, Washington came in with a quarterback who basically has one leg and is still working his way back. I mean, we can make excuses all day. We can talk about Antonio Gibson, who is arguably your best playmaker. We can make excuses all you want, but the fact that you go in to Heinz Field and you beat an undefeated team, I'm not taking that away. I don't care if uh, you know Ben Roethlisberger didn't play tonight. I don't care if they had started a practice squad quarterback. To beat an undefeated team, you can't take that away from these guys. Nope. And it just it speaks so much to what Ron is building in Washington. And not just Ron, but Jason Wright and, uh, you know, Julie Donaldson and the fact that maybe Dan Snyder is finally getting out of his own way. But the fact that they're just building in the right direction, uh, it's an unbelievable night for the team and pro- probably the best win in since the 10, playoff win. Years. Yeah, since the 05 playoff win. I, I, I'll i go ahead 15 and say years. it. 15 years. I'm all in on that. Name, yeah. a, name a game that was more impressive than this. I mean, you you, you, you have some games that, that got them to the playoffs. Um, you know, RG3's year, they, were, they went on a seven-game win streak. I mean, Kirk had some big games. The, you like that stuff. But just in terms of opponent and in terms of importance – the fact yeah. that the Giants get an improbable win Huge against Seattle, win. and it's I yeah I, I'll put it right up there. I think this was a playoff game. I think they needed to win this, uh, and that's crazy to say against an undefeated team. But the fact that they went out there and did it, when this team for largely two to three decades has been embarrassed in national games, unbelievable, man. Uh, I keep saying unbelievable. I probably said it like five or six <laughs> times. I, Maybe that's what we should much, call the pod. Unbelievable. It, it, it's it's my crutch word tonight because I just don't have any words. I mean, we were we were talking about it before we 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 popped the 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 mics on, but I thought that this team was going to make a statement. I thought they were going to play the Steelers close. I thought they were going to hold them to uh, within a touchdown. I thought that they were going to you know 
score late to make it a seven-point game, to make it a three-point game, something like that. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that they were going to come out there and beat the undefeated Steelers. I, I'll be honest. I love this team, as you know, and I try to find all the positives I can, but I, I in no way thought that they were going to win this game. Uh, incredible. It's, especially with Gibson going down, like I can't stress how big that is. We saw the game he had Thanksgiving and how much of this offense. Like People don't understand how – people kept saying, we have no rhythm, we have no spark. People don't understand how much rhythm comes from a running game. It opens up everything else. If you just have the check down and passing game, like defenses know what to expect. You're not going to run Peyton Barber on 20-yard gashes up the middle and like on the outside. It's just not going to happen. This team legit dug deep and just fought every single drive of this game. There is one time where they could have easily just been like, yep, these guys undefeated for a reason. Gibson's down. Like all these bad things are going on. Like Sheriff went out. Like we can easily just fold over. No one's gonna fault us. Curl got popped and was out yeah. for a little bit. You're kind of thinking like, okay, do we just kind of punt on this game, try to stay as healthy as possible, and gear up for these last five games that we think we can win? And and they didn't do that. They didn't do that. You're right. They absolutely they dug deep. They found a way to make some plays. And, and we mentioned the Antonio Gibson, man, but and I'm not one to dog on the referees. I think that there are enough calls that go one way or the other. But the fact that they missed that Logan Thomas stretching Dude, for the so first bad. down, that was unbelievable so how bad that was. And, and and the fact that they then go for a fourth down and they, they completely blow it. I hated the play call. Yeah. Um, you, you would have thought this is just another Monday night game for Washington. And somehow they dug deep and they were able to overcome that. They were able to overcome themselves. They were able to overcome injuries. They were able to overcome some ticky-tack calls. And uh, they beat an undefeated team at their home field. On Monday night. Period. On Monday night. Last Monday night win since, I think, Colton Dallas, Mm, which is crazy. That was a great game. game. But that's how long ago. That was six years ago, I think. And... Uh, yeah, wow, wow. And, I mean, Alex Smith has to get a game ball just for walking off the field with that ball right before halftime. Like, that might be uh, play of the game. Is that play of the game? It's pretty – it's a savvy vet move. I don't – I'd be curious to hear what he says. I wonder if he knew that or if he was just trying to <laughs> – He had to – you know, he's a vet. So here's my thing. I, I'm curious if he knew. I wonder if he was just trying to take the ball – so that they could bring in the other kicking ball and not get confused with switching out the balls. But if he knew that and he knew what he was doing, I mean, sign me up for more of, uh, what what do you call him, Agent 11? Agent 11. Yeah, sign me up for more of that guy because just unbelievable. Like a spy, what a, yeah, just unbelievable what a leader he is and how much of a, a boost he's given this team. I think we've heard it from different guys. The fact that he's just so calm, cool, and collected, even when TJ Watt is bearing down on him, even when you know the pocket is breaking down, even when blood is gushing out of his his one good leg. I mean, just man, Alex Smith's unreal. Yeah, I mean, he got hit pretty good a couple times. He got sacked three oh, times, yeah. but I mean, they were coming at him like it was like full. Sp- Full speed blitzes by the linebackers. Like, he was getting hit hard. Um, but you got to sit here and wonder. Like you said, the Giants getting the huge win at Seattle. That really boosted them in the NFC East race. 
But now here we are, the improbable. No one thought we were going to beat Pittsburgh. Heck, even some of us thought it would be doubtful. Beat Pittsburgh. Where do you see us going in the NFC East race right now? 49ers are down 14-7 to Buffalo. Still going on. We play San Fran next. We'll break that one down, but big picture-wise, if you're looking at the end of the season, what percentage do you have us winning the East now? Uh, I mean, I think this is a, a statement game. I mean, just the fact that you blew, not blew, but had a chance to win those Giants games, and you're, you're, you you might be... Those are hard, man. Yeah, you're sitting here thinking, you know, maybe we don't go for two. You know, maybe, you know, one less turn, whatever it is. Sitting here last night, I'm like, I can't believe the Giants are really going to win this division. Right now, I think Washington's got to th- got to feel like they're in the driver's seat, and I got to give them a good shot. Uh, what did we say before the you know the pregame pod? Twenty five to thirty percent. Yeah, twenty five to thirty. Yep. I I'd tick it up another five to ten percent. <laughs> okay. Th- this is just such a momentum swinger that how can you not pick this team right now? The fact that they've uh, won what three in a row now. The fact that they beat an undefeated team. And I know the NFL is a week-to-week league. They could come out and throw up a dud against the 49ers. But I just think the leadership on this team is not going to allow that to happen. I think that the Giants really do have a tough schedule coming up. Uh, they, they still got to play the, the Cardinals. Um, they got to play a couple other games. I don't know them off the top of my head. but The Ravens. Just, yeah, yeah, just a couple of games that you, you got to think that, that aren't going to go their Ooh, way. Browns, too. Right, a bunch of playoff teams, yeah. essentially. And where Washington's going up, they do have Seattle, but they've got Carolina and San Francisco and Dallas, teams that are Philly. not going to make the playoffs. Right, I'm sorry, yeah, Philly, not not Dallas. Shoot, um, let's, let's, let's play Dallas again. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Dallas. <laughs> Running back time. three, though. Um, yeah, so I, I got to think that this team is in a good spot, and they've got to be feeling pretty good, and they've got to continue this momentum. And there's no reason to think that they don't turn this into – at least playing, at least Philly, playing Philly for the division week seventeen. Let's put it that way. I think it is. I think it comes down to that. When's the last time we swept Dallas and Philly this season? Let's it's see. a long time. Because we went on a streak of not beating Philly. Like it was like eight or nine games. Like we had a it, stretch where we didn't beat Philly. It might. It might be twenty twelve with RG three because I know that they swept them that year but yeah those two teams so uh, i mean it's been a long time needless to say if we're having this much trouble thinking about it you know it's (laughs) It's a long time but i'm just looking at the big picture like i said san fran's next is that a winnable game absolutely and that defense is still tough i I will say even with losing bosa and um, just kind of all the injuries, obviously not on defense, but Garoppolo. They still got Fred Warner. They still got Sherman. I mean, they still got playmakers all over. Still got pass rush, so like, you still got to worry about that. It's going to be essentially like playing the, the Steelers like with their defense, like pass rush-wise. Like 49ers are still up there, but yeah, I just, I just don't know about their offense. I don't know how healthy they're going to be. I think Auk and Debo is coming back, and we'll talk about that more. But just big picture-wise – Carolina, that's winnable. Seattle, right. I mean, they just they just lost in New York, so yeah. Uh, see, I think I think the Steelers and, and even maybe Seattle are teams that you know Washington are facing at the right time, 
and I think that they match up well against them. I, I think that, you know, uh, you know, with the Steelers, obviously the big win, not expected, but that we thought that they were going to play them tough. We'll say that. We didn't think they were going to win. We thought that we'd play them tough. I think it's going to be the same way with Seattle. I think that they're really struggling to protect Russ. I think that they're oh, yeah. not sure what they've got at running back, whether or not Carson is healthy. So, yeah, I think Washington, whether or not they match up well, they're at least getting these teams at the right time. And that's even bigger than, you know, matching up well. If you get a team at the right time and you're playing them and you're hot, that's huge. Yeah, I think our front four uh, specifically against teams like San Fran, Carolina, Seattle, it's definitely going to help us out. Because if you want to beat San Fran, you get to Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. If you want to beat Seattle, first off, their defense is terrible. But you get to Russ. I think he's the most sacked quarterback in the league right now. He's He's got to be up there. I know that they he's talk about it for sure. in a week yeah. out. Yeah, He's definitely top three. So you get to the quarterback, you win games. We didn't necessarily hit Big Ben tonight, but he felt the presence. It showed throughout the defense. Well, Tip ball. Well, and going back to the game plan, I, I, I want to go back and watch it. But there was a key play, I feel like, where – um, Chase Young acted like he was coming on the pressure and he dropped back into coverage and, and really clogged up, I think, where Big Ben wanted to go with the ball. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what happened on the rest of the drive and I, I don't know what even what happened on the pl- as a result of the play, but it just kind of speaks to the fact that Jack Del Rio just kind of seems to call the perfect game plan forever he's going up against. You know, he knew that he couldn't blitz this team, otherwise he'd get beat by these receivers and and he stuck to that foreman uh pressure and it it paid off and he he mixed it up just enough to throw big ben off um and, and it helps to have montez sweat who has a 45 foot wingspan and yeah. can knock down everything but uh uh man for how critical a lot of fans were of this coaching staff early on you got to tip your cap to all three head coach offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator yeah. for uh, not just tonight, but these the this stretch that they're on right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be talked about enough. First off, Jack Del Rio sticking with his game plan, like you said. Most defensive coordinators would be like, look, we can't get to Big Ben. We've got to switch it up. They'd get frantic. They'd be like, we need to do something different to get to him. He stuck with it. Defense made plays. Scott Turner, especially that second half, the bottom stretch where he started calling those plays to McKissick, um, that little bunch uh, played touchdowns to Thomas on the left side, just stuff yep. like that. Those were huge plays. And it helps when you have guys like Cam Sims making crazy one-handed catches. But Ron Rivera, the head coach, it makes a ton of difference. In other situations, I feel like like we're like, all right, there's no way. Even though we have a chance, there's no way we're winning this game. It helps to have a well-coached team. Uh, and And – Pittsburgh's the perfect example of that. I I, oh, yeah. I turn I turn to my wife and like every time they show Mike Tomlin, I'm like, man, I love that guy. Like <laughs> you I can't I, not like him. I love watching that guy coach, and, and I think you know it's kind of a cliche, but it's so true. Sometimes a team takes on the identity of a coach in a lot of the ways that you know the Patriots took on the identity of of Bill Belichick. You know, we probably say that about Pete Carroll in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Mike Tomlin in, in in Pittsburgh. I think Washington's slowly starting to take on the identity identity of Ron Rivera. Uh, just the don't ever quit, the dig deep and find that one play to make a difference kind of mentality that Ron just kind of seems not just to coach with but to live by. 
And it's just so cool to see that happening because how many times have we seen coaching be the difference in a bad way for Washington? How many times have we seen Jay Gruden just make an awful decision? Uh, how many times have we seen Jim Hazlitt or name all the defensive coordinators? Watch the New York Jets game. Watch the ending. Right. That's yeah. bad coaching. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that Washington right now in a lot of their matchups has the advantage on the coaching side is just something we haven't said in a, a long, long time. And it's yeah. so refreshing to see knowing that we've got a guy that is capable of leading us and is going to lead us the right way. Uh, it, it, it's so cool to see that that's unfolding under Ron Rivera. And I have to say, people, you have to trust the process. Right. As an Alabama fan, that has been our motto since like 2006. Trust the process, Nick Saban. Do the same with Ron Rivera. How many people did you see? Did you see? I would say like right before halftime, they're like, "All right, I'm done with Alex Smith. Put in Haskins. Right. We need right. a spark." Just throwing in. This isn't Wentz throwing the most interceptions, most fumbles, and having the most sacks in the league of an offense. You got to stick with it. If you have a game plan, you know what you have. Trust it. Trust your head coach. And the same thing, like, you don't think that Ron Rivera knows that he is lacking playmakers. You don't think that, you know, Scott Turner wishes he had another receiver outside of Terry McLaurin. I mean, they're seeing this every day. They know this. And the fact that they're still doing what they're doing, that they're playing for the division, that they just upset an undefeated team, I think we got to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think we knew that this was not going to be pretty. I think we knew coming into the season that Terry McLaurin was our real one established weapon and somehow Scott Turner has turned Logan Thomas into a a legit tight end somehow Scott Turner and Ron Rivera and whoever in the game plan and the scheming has turned Antonio Gibson who wasn't a running back don't forget that he was, was not a running receiver. back in college he was a wide receiver and is turning him into a legit playmaker in his first 12 games in the NFL uh, we got to give these guys the benefit of the doubt and for the rest of the year and, and moving forward, I think we got to realize that this coaching staff is is legit and and like you said, they've got to trust the po- we got to trust the process and, and know that they're building something special. Yeah, player development—that's something that we have to talk about more on the pod. Mm-hmm. Player development. Jay McKissick looked like freaking Darren Sproles lately with all the catches he gets. I, I mean, he's setting a career highs all over the place. Logan Thomas is setting career highs all over the place. Cam Sims breaking his Cam's, own records. Yeah, you're right. That, that's, that's such a great point that there's something to be said about getting these guys involved. You know, a guy that couldn't stay healthy and couldn't stay on the field and couldn't keep his spot in Cam Sims all of a sudden making one-handed catches. I mean, that's not a coincidence that that's happening under this coaching staff and not the previous coaching staff. And we're getting bummed when a seventh round uh, Cam Curl goes down. Right, yeah, right. Like it, but it's, it's first off, that talks a lot about how well we're drafting, but then it tells a lot about how well we're developing players and how they're fitting into the scheme. You're like, who's this guy? Like, I don't know, Like, but I... I trust that he's good. Like we draft him for a reason, and the dude's balling out. He's one of the guys we rely on heavily in the secondary. Um, definitely, is having an outstanding season. But yeah, like I just thought about that. Like player development. Like kudos. Who's in charge of player development anymore? It's not Doug Williams anymore, right? I mean, he he's involved with something, but but you got to think. Uh, you know, Kyle Smith, uh, not officially the GM, but the fact that he's the JP said, oh, he's GM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's essentially the the GM, just not in title. 
But you're right. I mean, they're they're getting guys that are fitting to their system. And going back to Cam Curl, had you told me that he was getting hurt and it was a big deal in week uh, 13, I would have been like, oh, so this was a throwaway year and we're 3-13. Yeah. and 13. And that's not the case, man. It, 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 it's, it feels good for a change. We are 5-7 and seven in the driver's seat of the NFC East right there with New York. I think the Eagles are out. They look depleted. I think the Cowboys are going to be eliminated tomorrow against the Ravens. I do too. I think the Eagles are just about done. Yeah. I think you tweeted it. Wentz era is just about over. Dude, they said in the front office firmly believes that he, his confidence is just shot. Like he hasn't admitted it yet, but they, but they're like, dude, everybody in the building sees that he has no confidence in himself anymore at all. And that contract is. It starts it, next it, season. It hasn't even started yet. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Awesome. I thought our quarterback controversy was terrible. No, go look at Philadelphia. Go look at Carson Wentz's contract. Good Lord, historic well, well, bad. You speak about quarterbacks, and Alex Smith, I mean, maybe we bring him back for another year and we bring in a rookie or we bring, you know, maybe if Haskins is really making the developments we, we have heard that he might be, and I don't know that he is, but Alex Smith is turning out to be a serviceable Quarterback. I mean, yeah. that's coming that, back I'm, next season. That yeah, that at least gives you a bridge for next year to where you don't have to throw in a, a rookie to the wolves. And that's He's learning from that, Kyle Allen. You, you know, we go back to week four, or week five, whenever uh, you know Dwayne Haskins was first bench. We were talking about how we don't we don't know what we're going to do with the quarterback, and it, it immediately becomes a huge need. Maybe Alex Smith, you know, at least at the very least, is a bridge guy. And uh, that that you know that contract's not great, but it's not as bad, like you said, uh, as Philadelphia's situation. That's bad. All I'm saying is we're five and seven. We have a chance to win the East. San Francisco's coming up next. As always, we're gonna break that one down too. But this one was better than Thanksgiving, right? You. Uh, I know it's I'm, Dallas. I know how how much of a tail whooping it was on Thanksgiving, but this one beats that one out the water, in my opinion. Oh, it, it feels way better, and you, you, you texted me that before the game. I mean, you were like, this is a bigger game uh, than Thanksgiving, and it absolutely was. I mean, it's one thing to beat Dallas, but, I mean, really you should be beating Dallas. Dallas is bad. It, to go in against a, an 11-0 team, I, I didn't think this team was ready for that, and so the fact that they were able to do that is huge, and that's way bigger than any butt-whooping of Andy Dalton. I, I don't yeah. care. You're, you're absolutely right. And people were saying, oh, you know, Washington fans are getting too hype about it. But even before the game, like, oh, y'all are way too confident playing Pittsburgh since you beat Dallas, blah, blah, blah. I think it's time that we start respecting Washington and saying, you know, if we do make the playoffs, maybe we don't lose the first round. Maybe we do play Minnesota and FedEx and send Kirk Cousins home round one. This makes I'm... you really think we can win some playoff games. If we're hanging with Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, come on. You you, well, you got to feel better about it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to be said about your record and five and seven. You know, despite being hot right now, is not that good. I'll admit it. But there's also something to be said about winning your division and and getting a home playoff game. You know, we've seen Seattle and I think Carolina were the last two uh, division winners with a losing record, and both of them got a win in the playoffs that same year. So you're right. You got to give yourself a chance, and you got to give yourself the best chance and that's a home playoff game and if this team continues the way they are that certainly is in the cards and 
um, is is not out of the the realm of possibilities. And, and the I don't know. Maybe this is crazy to talk about. I mean, five and seven. Minnesota's in the playoff picture at six and six. I mean, they're they're not completely out of it altogether. If they yeah. were somehow to run the table, but. but I know that's getting ahead Chicago. of ourselves. Chicago, I'll play Chicago. <laughs> right, I know. I know that's getting ahead of ourselves, but but when you're when you're doing all the all things right and you're on this hot of a streak, it's uh, it feels good to be on this side of it because <laughs> it normally a, a, a national game, a Monday night game, a Sunday night game, a Thanksgiving game, we're talking about how they were close and had the opportunity, but not tonight, man. It's different. It's awesome. I'm just saying, Washington has won three straight. And we are combined six points from knocking out seven in a row. We lost to the Giants by three, and we lost to the Lions heartbreakingly by three. We were that close to having a seven-game just straight stretch with Alex Smith. Yeah, well, That's and crazy. I know I think they talked about it a little bit the the two Giants games, and maybe Ron Rivera was kind of hinting at, or not hinting at, you know, but obviously you wish those two games especially could have gone differently, but. I kind of like that he instilled that in them, that he was going for the win even when it didn't look like they had anything to play for. Uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer now, and if Ron Rivera wants to go for it on 4th and 37, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it in. Because, uh, I, I mean, I love, I love that guy, and I love the way he's coaching, and I think that he is, he's building something special. I've learned recently that we sure as hell, excuse my language, are winning off the field. Brian, we are finally winning on the field. This is a, this is a statement win, man. I mean, huge. This is yeah, something you build huge. off of, not for this season, but next season, the season after that. You know how much confidence these players have in each other, in this coaching staff, and in this organization right now in the locker room. Hopefully, popping champagne, getting on that plane back to FedEx. What? Well, and you're right. It doesn't. It's not going to do anything that you know. I think the Steelers are still one of the best teams in the league, and I think they're going to end up with the second seed uh, to the Chiefs. But when when the Steelers get a playoff win this year, or you know they make a deep run to the playoffs, you know what Washington's going to be able to say, "We went in there and we handed them uh, their first loss of the season." And we kind of, you know, were maybe Antonio Gibson away from manhandling them for most of the game. And that you're right. That that's something you can hang your hat on. It doesn't show up in the stat sheet, and you don't actually get a, another win from that or anything. But it is something that 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 is a statement, and that you can build off of moving forward. Absolutely. Right now, it's halftime. Buffalo and San Fran. I'm gonna go watch the second half of this game. See what we have coming up next week. Making this little run to the NFC East. We're finally in the driver's seat. Like I said, this game, you build off of this. Who knows how much momentum goes into the next game, the Trent Williams-Jordan Reed return game. Just thought about that. Yeah, that's right. And I, I forgot about that little part of it. That'll be interesting. It's like going on a date to the movie and seeing two of your exes, not just one, but two. That's, that's a bad yeah. night. That'll be really interesting. I wonder how much they'll get pumped up for it or if it's just kind of – I mean, as much as it is coming back to the team that you started with, how many of the same people are in the building with all of the change that has happened? I wonder how how much fire will be in their belly. If it was still Jay Gruden and it was still uh, Bruce Allen there, I think that they would be even more fired up. But, you know, you never know. Maybe they are motivated by the fact that it didn't work out. But that'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, the team's winning. We're winning. 
We're talking to Matt Miller soon, one of the biggest names. If you do mock drafts, if you look at mock drafts, Matt Miller, formerly with Bleacher Report, such such a badass. He's doing his own thing right now. <laughs> he just left yeah. Bleacher Report and said, I'm Matt Miller. Like I'm going to do my own thing. Can't wait to talk with him. Uh, that's next week. And then Brian is leaving Hotlanta for a little bit, coming up here to the DMV. That's right. Visiting the family. We realized that there might be a chance for for us to do an in-person pod, which uh, first that would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty awesome. And it's the day of the Panthers game at FedEx. So, of course, fans aren't going to be allowed at the game. We're fully aware of that. But we might just do a live pod at the stadium. Like, why not? We'll have to figure something. I, I, I was... I didn't put two and two together, but I, I'm even more excited for it. It, it sounds excited, like a good plan. I'm excited to see my dad and my grandma, but then uh, like second right after that is the chance that that might happen. <laughs> like, hey, guys, good to see you, but uh, I'm headed to FedEx. I'll see you all next time. But <laughs> we will be back later on this week to break down the San Francisco game. Hopefully we can keep this hot streak going, but we're going to enjoy this win. Brian, we just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the most oh. decorated franchises in the history of the NFL. Steel Curtain, all that mess. Big Ben, undefeated, 11-0, now 11-1. On to San Francisco, but tonight I am going, and probably most of tomorrow, I'm going to enjoy oh, yeah. this one because that was unreal and probably, like we said, one of the better games I've seen and uh, better wins I've seen in a long time. A lot of Steelers fans at work that are going to hate me tomorrow. I'm already writing down what to say. Bringing them a shirt to wear, take a picture of. They've been talking trash to me all week. I called it. I said we we're gonna win this game. We did. White on white. They don't need to change out of those. I hope they the, no, the players haven't over. even taken. I, I hope they don't even take the uniforms off. Keep them on forever. <laughs> don't even wash them. When I die, bury me in my white jersey with That's some right. white sweats. That's how I'm trying to go, guys. We will see y'all later on this week. What was the one word that you said? Unbelievable. 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 If we beat if we beat San Fran, unbelievable. If you're, if, if you're if you're celebrating with a little cocktail or a, a little dark liquor tonight, go back and listen to how many times I said unbelievable and and be careful tomorrow because yeah. it's going to be a tough one if you if you, you you take a drink every time. You're going to call out. <laughs> That's for sure. You might not even make it to your phone. Like I said, we will see y'all, what, Thursday night? We'll break down San Fran. Thursday night, I'm off. So, that's a wrap. We will see y'all Thursday. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube